Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 802 of the Juicebox podcast. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, we'll be speaking with Crystal, whose child was diagnosed at eight months old and has had type 1 diabetes for six years. And she's here today to share that story. While you're listening to it, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, the T1D Exchange would love it if you could spend fewer than 10 minutes filling out their survey. It exists at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. When you complete the survey, which by the way is completely HIPAA compliant and anonymous, you'll be helping people living with type 1 diabetes and you'll be moving diabetes research forward without ever leaving the comfort of your home. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. The podcast is also sponsored today by Touched by Type 1. Head over to touchedbytype1.org or find them on Facebook or Instagram to see what they're up to. I'll give you a hint. What they're up to is helping people with type 1 diabetes. It's pretty great. They're not asking you for anything. They just want you to come and take a look. Touchedbytype1.org. Last but not least, this episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by U.S. Med. You can get your diabetes supplies the same way my daughter does, from U.S. Med. All you have to do to get started is go to usmed.com forward slash juicebox, or if you prefer, call 888-721-1514. Get your free benefits checked today from U.S. Med, usmed.com forward slash juicebox. If you have trouble remembering the sponsor's links, they're at juiceboxpodcast.com or in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening in right now. When you click on the links, you're keeping the production of the podcast going and making sure that it remains free for the listeners. My name is Crystal, and um, I'm the mother of a type 1 diabetic. And I reached out to you today because I heard your story of Arden. And though my story isn't exactly similar to yours, it just really hit me in the heart because I've been through it. And I know exactly how you feel. So I just kind of wanted to talk about my story today and maybe help other mothers or other parents who are going through it because at the beginning it's really really hard and really really scary and right now we're six years in and so far everything's okay sugars could be a little bit better but i mean we're still healthy and uh so yeah tell me tell me i mean something about uh, something that i've shared struck you what was it uh (laughs) Are you sure? Because it's really like personal information that you shared and it might really trigger you actually. Did I say it on the podcast? 
Yes, you did. Don't worry. I'm not a triggered person. I'll be okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Because it, it really, like, it triggered me. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh. So. <laughs> well, do you not want to say it? That's okay. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's for you. It's just I don't want to bring back, like, your memories, you know? Don't worry. I've been married okay. for 25 years, Crystal. You can't hurt me. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, with the episode where you were talking about Arden when she had her seizure at two years old uh, or two, I think it was. Right. And um, she was talking about how she like couldn't see and stuff like that. And like, it just really like struck me. Like my son has said things like that before and he was diagnosed so young as well. And I just really like, I was like, oh my God, you know what I mean? And I heard your story and I listened to a lot of your podcasts, not all, I'm not going to lie. I didn't listen to every single one. You have a lot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I have listened to a lot of them and I just felt maybe like, you know, I heard you doing interviews with other people with diabetes, with people living with people with diabetes and so on and so forth. And I figured, you know, maybe I could share my story, like I said, and just try and reach out to other people. But yeah, that episode where like, you were talking about Arden describing her seizure and you even put the video clip. I was a mess. I was crying. I was so emotional and it really hit me deep. Did I put the audio in the episode or did I like post the video online for you to find? I can't, I can't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure you put the audio in your, uh, in the episode in the because episode. I don't think I did any further searching other than just playing the, like the next episode on my um, podcast okay. app. Okay. Okay, then, um, yeah, so for people who are listening now, um, we were, hmm, what were we doing? We were videotaping Arden for something. Um, yeah. And it wasn't about that. And no. it was about something completely different. Or no, that's not even true. We didn't, we had, the video camera was up. I know this is people or, are like, why do you need a video camera? Because my phone has, but yeah. back then there was no video. One. Yeah. First of all, there were no cell phones, but that's not the point. I had a video <laughs> camera, but w- was set up already, and it wasn't on. And Arden and I were talking about something, and she began to talk about what it was like to have a seizure. And I yeah. just pushed record on the camera and just let it run, and and she didn't really know for a while that it was running. Um, and it was interesting because she was so young. She described things. Gosh, this is going back in my memory. Um, I saw. Yeah, exactly. I, I saw colors. Which I took, yeah. I took to mean like she was, she wasn't seeing anything. Blind, like she was blind, she she wasn't seeing. Um, she thought she sounded like a monster, and that's because yeah. she was grunting, it, like she had yeah. lot, lost the ability to, to speak during it. Um, and um, she thought the colors were pretty. Am I remembering this right? That she was seeing. I, I don't remember exactly because it was a while ago. That I had listened to the pod, to the podcast, yeah. But it was gen, it was generally about that. And I know you had also um, posted, I think, a video, or you were talking about posting a video or something like that about where you were fighting a scary low, like on oh, the camera, yeah. And you decided to post it, and that one really hit me deep too. And yeah. that was really the one that really made me like uh, reach out to you because those I've had. <laughs> you've had, you've had. So tell me a little bit. You have type one. Yes. No, my son. Your my son. son is a type one. Okay. Yeah. How, how old was he when he was diagnosed? He was eight months old. So he was the youngest child ever to be diagnosed in the hospital that he's followed at. Hmm. And uh, he was really like an anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> and we were seeing, I mean, he still has his whole diabetes team and everything. But at the beginning of his diagnosis, like everybody in the hospital was interested in him. And for the first good, like 
year, we weren't left alone because everyone wanted to know and see this like special case because it, it had only happened like once before that a child that young had been diagnosed in his in his hospital, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, we've uh, we've been doing this for about six years. Okay. And uh, well, he- it was really really hard in the beginning. Sorry, go. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, being the youngest ever, did they have trouble helping him? Did they not know quite what to do, or did it seem like they had it under control? No, they they kind of sent us away from the hospital. We spent, um, so he was diagnosed. He was, he was brought to the hospital because he was in really, really bad DKA. And um, he was in a coma for about two, two and a half days. And when we, um, when we were told his diagnosis, they basically just told me it was a waiting game to see if he ever woke up again. Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, <laughs> it was really scary. And I'll never forget the, um, the feeling of watching my son, my infant son, just crying and screaming because he was terrified. And then he just passed out in my arms and he, they were like, well, we're going to see if he wakes up. And I was like, excuse me, what? You know? So yeah, it was really, really, really traumatizing. What, and um, Can you tell me, do you remember what his blood sugar was? 33 uh, MMOL. Oh, I don't know what that is in, a, in American. I have a conversion <laughs> chart on my website. I'll go look real quick. Okay. Juiceboxpodcast.com, blood glucose calculator. So min- minimals, it was 33, oh, 594. Yeah. Yeah. But so, for an eight month old, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's of course, a, of course. Yeah. And uh, I know that his A1C was around 11 or 12 when he uh, first got diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so he was, he was really high. <laughs> do you mind picking through it a little bit? So is he your, no, no, go ahead. Your first, second, third child? Yeah. He's my only child. Okay. And, and um, yeah, go. So healthy up until you noticed what? Um, well, so when he was born, they told me that his sugars were high, but not high enough to be concerned. So I was like, okay, well, that's weird. And we were we were kept in the hospital for five days because he was really, really badly jaundiced. He was um, like um premature by like one day so like technically a full term is 38 weeks and he was born at 37 weeks and six days mm-hmm. so he's technically premature by one day so i have no idea that, that is like uh, anything for account like to you know what i mean mm-hmm. and uh so when he was born they told me that his sugars were really high and they kept us there for five days because he was jaundiced and um they monitored his levels constantly and then by the time we were released from the hospital they told us that it was okay, but just maybe to come back and check every now and then. Because after um, where I live, six weeks after we have a checkup, the nurse comes to our house and checks on the baby, checks on us and stuff like that. And they checked his his uh, blood gas levels and they were okay, she said. So, so we left it at that. At the time of his birth, did anyone mention diabetes or use those nope, words? Not at all. Nope, not at all. Even Okay, so then when he was around two, three months old, he started having seizures. And I couldn't figure out why. They weren't normal seizures like you see in a TV. His arm would start shaking while he was nursing. And then his other arm, arm would start shaking. And then his whole body would be like convulsing, but just lightly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So at first, I figured maybe it was just like weird 
baby spasms. You know how babies don't have control of their muscles. And I was like, that's a little weird, but it's okay. So I didn't really do anything about it for a couple of weeks until I was nursing him one day and he had like a full on convulsion. And so I recorded it because his, his seizures were so few and far in between. There was never any consistency. And so I recorded that like really bad convulsion because his whole body was trembling and he was shaking while he was nursing. Right. And um, so when I brought him to the hospital, they put on the, I can't remember if it's the EEG or EKG, the one that goes on the head to map, to, to map the brain waves. And yeah. so they, they watched his brain waves. His brain waves were normal. And then, so they sent me home and never called me back. And that really makes me angry because we have a three month old having a seizure and because his brainwave is normal, they didn't offer to check anything else. And so I went home with this child who was seizing. And um, yeah, that was pretty much it. I was told that he was okay. There was nothing wrong. And so I kind of lived with him until he was about uh, seven, eight months old, having these seizures every now and then. And uh, he was a really, like, he would cry a lot as a baby, which I kind of just chalked up to being colicky, you know, that's like a normal thing. But in hindsight, I realized that he was uncomfortable because he was literally starving to death because the sugars were too high because he would nurse all the time, all day, all, all, like all day long, all night. And when he started eating food, he would eat, eat, eat and chug water. Like I've never seen. Right. And uh, so I realized now in hindsight that it was because he was a diabetic. You know what I mean? How old were you when you had him? I was 21. Okay. Uh, on your yeah. own or with somebody? Um, well, I was with someone, but I was essentially on my own. Okay. That, you that's, know what I mean? Well, because the only reason I asked, you said something that made it sound like you were by yourself, and I don't remember what it was. And I <laughs> and what I what I was going to say is that it's sometimes in those really confusing situations, it's very helpful to be able to bounce it off of somebody and be like, this seems weird, right? Y- you know, um, looking back, how old is he now? Now he's seven. Uh, no, sorry, six. He'll be seven soon. <laughs> okay. Uh, looking back now, do you think he had diabetes his whole life? Do you think he was born with yep. it? Yep, entirely. And I, when I was pregnant with him, I got really, really, really huge. And I was insanely swollen, like record level swollen. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have gestational diabetes, but I was like on the brink of that and preeclampsia. And I believe that those conditions in me kind of maybe triggered it in him. Yeah. If you understand what I mean, because yeah. he was born. Well, yeah. And, uh, I, I, so I don't know. I mean, uh, that, that goes beyond my understanding, but I, um, but it just sounds to me like if his blood sugar was elevated when he was born and then there's yeah. this constant, um, being uncomfortable, see, yeah. you know, some seizures, constant nursing. I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like diabetes, you know, yeah. undiagnosed. I- yeah, it makes me feel like a terrible person. And I know that I shouldn't feel like a terrible person because I'm like, you know, I'm not going to judge myself for mistakes that I made, you know. But the worst part is, is that I was raised with diabetic parents and um, I was raised to recognize the signs and symptoms, but I didn't think it was possible in a baby. I knew it was possible in a child, but I didn't know it was ch- possible in infants. So every single time he came up with a new symptom, I just dismissed it. Like when he used to wet through his diapers at night, I would put him these super heavy, like, reusable diapers so they were like big thick cloths yeah and he would pee right through them in like two hours and i was like well maybe he just wets the bed super heavy you know what i mean right and everything that he came up with i just blew it off and now i look in hindsight and i realize how many symptoms he had for so long until he finally like was on death's door you know what i mean 
Yeah. Crystal, it's a little hard to hear you with the voice behind. Sorry. No, Give me one second. Sure. I'm going to mute the sound for one second. I'm going to move somewhere else. That's fine. Thank you. While Crystal finds a quieter place, I have time to do this. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is a premixed auto-injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to givoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givoglucagon.com slash risk. So the fact is we all need medical supplies, but it's not a fact that getting them needs to be difficult. And instead of doing a classic U.S. med ad today, I'm going to tell you a story. Arden's home from school and she's sick. Uh, turns out she may have a, a sinus infection and she's pretty wrecked. So we got out Arden's blood ketone meter to make sure that she doesn't develop ketones while she's fighting this illness. And she doesn't feel well. I mean, she's beat up. She's feverish and has a headache and her nose is full and she can't breathe. And I say to her, listen, let's check your ketones to make sure. Well, after about the fourth or fifth time that the test strip wouldn't work, she was getting sick and tired of it. We had poked her finger like five times and each time nothing happened. And I was irritated and I felt like an idiot. I was like, what's going wrong here? But you know what was going wrong? Our old supplier sent us the wrong test strips. And they were in a box that was so similar to the correct test strips, none of us noticed. Now, when you think of why you might want to use US Med, you know, they've asked me to tell you about always having fast and free shipping. They always provide 90 days worth of supplies. They accept Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. You know, I tell you about their A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, et cetera, et cetera. They've got Freestyle Libre 3 and Dexcom G6, and you can get Omnipod from there in tandem. And blah, blah. I tell you that stuff all the time, right? Here's what I don't tell you, is that when your kid is sick and everybody is just on edge, it's nice to reach into a drawer and pull out the thing you expected to have. That's it. USmed.com forward slash juice box. We've been using them for quite some time now. It's a lovely experience. I hope you give them a try. You can also call 888-721-1514. Call today or go online, get your free benefits check, and get started with US Med. I know it sounds like, oh, I got to switch everything over and it's going to suck and everything, but doesn't it suck now with whoever you're using? And maybe it doesn't. And if it doesn't, you know what? Fine, don't switch. But if you're fighting constantly with your diabetes supply distributor, do yourself a favor and check out US Med. I'm going to get you back to Crystal now. She does find a quieter spot. But I first want to remind you that if you need any of the things that were mentioned today by the advertisers, using my link supports the show. That's it. I, I don't make money every time you buy something or anything like that. It's as easy as if the advertisers see people coming through the podcast, they buy more ads. When they buy more ads, I can spend my whole life sitting here in front of this microphone making a podcast for you. So if you have the need, please use my links. Thank you very much.
Okay, I don't know if this is any better. Oh, let's One second. I found a quiet hallway, but there's a, <laughs> there's vents. Hold on a second. Is it still too loud for you? No, that's good. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to stay here then. It's isolated and not much is going on here. Cool. Um, okay, tell people on. you're running from the law. Is that correct? Here. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, just trying to find a quiet area in a really big industrial office building. Yeah, well, that this sounds good. Thank you. Um, well, I was going to ask you, what do you mean you grew up with parents with diabetes? Uh, so my mom was a type one diabetic and my father was a type one diabetic. Wow. And yeah. Did they <laughs> and, meet uh, each other in a type one diabetes mixer or something like that? Or No, no. <laughs> my, uh, my father was diagnosed as a child and my mother got diagnosed in her 20s, I think. Were they together yeah. when that happened? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That really is crazy. Okay, so you... All right, so let's take a little bit of a detour. What was it like growing up with two type 1s as parents? Um, I mean... That's a really loaded question. My mother was always sick. Her diabetes really wasn't controlled like at all. Okay. So I was 10 when my mother died, so I don't really know exactly the truth of what happened and so on and so forth like i can't give you that much information because i was a kid you mm -hmm. know what i mean but i know i grew up with her always always sick always in the hospital always vomiting i know that she died in 2003 and before that she was uh she had a pancreas transplant and she had all kinds of organ transplants and uh basically just over time her body was shutting down because it was poorly managed now i don't know what happened to make it that way? Because like I said, I was a kid, you know, I didn't exactly ask questions. Right. And uh, as for my father, he was, he took good care of himself and he's still alive. Do you think like with hindsight, I don't know if you, have you had conversations with your father? Was it just mismanagement for your mom? Um, no, I don't really speak to my father. Oh, okay. All right. Um, well, that's even something. So does your father know your, your son has type one? Yep, he, he does. does. He was there when he got diagnosed. Okay, all right. Um, gotcha. Wow, Crystal, you're a little, uh, you're a little puzzle. Okay, well, we'll, <laughs> let's see if we can put the pieces together. Um, okay. <laughs> so you talked about feeling badly, and yeah. I, I would, you know, probably not be the first person to tell you that that's not really a reasonable thing to, to mm -hmm. you know, to, to feel. I mean, it's twenty. You're twenty one. Sounds like you're pretty much on your own. Um, just because you knew some of the signs of diabetes doesn't, I mean, who would think of it? Even Well, if they, it's because you know. when I was a kid, every time I went to the washroom a lot or something like that, or if I was excessively thirsty, my parents would check my sugars mm -hmm. as a kid to make sure that I didn't get it, you know? Yeah. My brother also has, has diabetes as well as my uncle. So it's all over my family. Hey, tell me again, your mom was how old when she got it? She was in her 20s, I believe. I'm not sure. Right. I'm, I, if I understood correctly, I think she got it as gestational diabetes and it just never went away mm -hmm. or something like that. And then it turned into type 1. I honestly don't know. Um, like I said, I was 10 when she died, so I didn't really get the whole story. I was do, just, do you have any autoimmune issues yourself? No, not that I know of. Okay. Hashimoto's? No. Thyroid, nothing. Okay. Uh, gluten allergy? Nope. No? Okay. All right. 
Interesting. Very interesting, actually, Crystal. You really are something here. Hold on a second. Um, so, um, and you're French Canadian? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you around Toronto? No, but I'm the next big metropolitan city. Gotcha. Right. And the French speaking one. Gotcha. I, I think I know. I, I, you know, this podcast teaches me a lot about Canada. <laughs> Sometimes not all accurate stuff, but I still learn things. Um, okay. So, uh, babies diagnosed. Uh, okay, I guess we're at the point where they took him from you and said, let's see if he wakes up. Uh, obviously, he yeah. did, but how long did that take? It took about two days, two and a half days. I can't really remember. All I know is that I was walking around his crib at the emergency room just bawling my eyes out. I, I didn't sleep for days. And uh, we stayed we stayed in the ICU for about two or three days until he woke up. Mm-hmm. And then we were transferred to a regular room where we stayed there for five days while they got his shippers under control. Okay. Uh, under control, sorry. And then how do you manage an eight-month-old? Is it with injections? Yeah, he's still on injection now. He's too scared to get the pump. So, I mean, it's his disease. I'm going to let him wait until he's ready. We finally got him on a Dexcom this year. Thank Jesus, because that made my life so much easier. Hmm. So so for six years almost, he, he was just doing shots and using a meter. Yeah. And how was that going? Um, to be honest, I really like the meter better than the Dexcom. Okay. How come? Just because I guess because I'm used to it. And usually when I see on the Dexcom that he's going high or that he's going low, I really, really overcompensate. So I'll give him too much insulin and he'll drop down too fast or give him too much food and he shoots up way too high because I'm scared watching it beep and go down or go up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So with the um, meter, I never had that fear. You know what I mean? I just waited until the next time I pricked him and would see where his numbers are at. But at the same time, I do love the fact that I can watch him in the night with my Dexcom because okay. I used to get up every night. You're breaking up. And uh, Crystal, can, get you, up at two, three, no more. Yeah. can you hear me? You're breaking up a little bit. Is it good now? Uh, I don't know. You're talking and disappearing and then coming back. Hold on a second. Okay. Is it good now? Mm, I can't say that was good, though. No. It sounded like a week. Hold signal. on a second. By the time this is over, you're going to be on. on the, I'm going to unplug my. You're going to be on the roof. <laughs> I'm going to unplug my thing and plug it back in. Hold on a second. Okay. Is it okay now? I think so. You were in the middle okay. of. You were in the middle of explaining to me why you don't like the Dexcom as much as the meter, but it sounded like you're just overreacting to what you're seeing. Yes, exactly. Okay. But however, I really do like the fact that with the Dexcom in the night, I can I can check him. Uh-huh. I can check his sugars without having to get out of my bed and stuff like that without pricking him. I like the fact that I don't have to hurt him every time I want to check him, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, before that, every single night I would get up two, three times in the night to check his sugars just to make sure he wasn't dropping or anything like that. Yeah. And so now with the Dexcom, it's really saved me. It's just me. I have to get used to the the patterns and the Right. The roller coaster rides, you know what I mean? Yeah, just trying, you know, just don't overcompensate or undercompensate. Well, so can I ask you like a management question? Are are there mm-hmm. a lot of up and ups and downs? Yeah. There are. Yeah, I still don't have good control. Okay. So um, you know, I mean, I think if if you're looking for my opinion, you would start by making sure that his basal insulin is good. How much does he weigh? He weighs about 50 pounds and he takes uh, seven units of basal, which apparently is like a lot. And his uh, 
His nutritionist hates me because of the way I run, uh, not because of the way I run sugars, but the way I do his doses. She can't stand it, but then like every time I try it her way, his sugars are like sky high to the point that his Dexcom doesn't even read it. So <laughs> I just keep doing my way and do the best that I can. So, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I'm not there, obviously, and I have no firsthand knowledge of what's been happening. But I mean, if his basil was more like 0.3 an hour, that would make more sense to me. So, but that's, yeah, but that's but, where, wait, wait, hold on a second. That's where you're at mm-hmm. now. Seven divided by 24 is 0.3. But if we did, let's see, actually, wait a minute. And he's 50 pounds? Yeah, around there, 50 or 53. Hmm. Okay. Let me ask you some questions. Over mm-hmm. Overnight, does he sit stable? D- yeah. Where? He doesn't budge. At what number? Depends on what he goes to bed at. Mm. So if he goes to bed at it, it stays at it? Yeah. If he goes to bed at, like, say I'll put him to bed at 7, whatever, he'll stay at 7. He'll drop down to maybe 5, and then he'll start going back up around after the dawn phenomenon. He goes back up. Okay. Which is usually around 3, 4 in the morning for us. So a seven's like a 126 here in the States. What if you put him to bed at a 6? Would he stay at a 6? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, usually. But same thing if you put him to bed at a 10, he'd stay at a 10. Yeah. All right. So you think his basil is probably pretty good. Um, yeah. And so then it's just, where are you falling short? Are it's you pre- just the issues with that. It's with eating because okay. he's so difficult to get to eat. And uh, he really loves to do this thing where he asks for the food and I'm making the food. And then as soon as I give him the insulin, he doesn't want it. <laughs> Kids. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, see, there's a spot where if you had a pump, you could like bolus, uh-huh. bolus a little bit. And yeah. then once you knew he was eating, give him the rest. Yeah. That's right. why I want it. Yeah. That's why I want the pump. But like I said, it's it's his body. He's afraid. He doesn't want it. I'm not going to force it on him, you know? Is there any amount of uh, intake that you can always count on? Like even if the meal's 50 carbs, can you count on at least 10 of them going in? No, not a, not consistently. Okay, so you're not pre-bolusing meals, so you're spiking high. Do you? Yeah, st- and then dropping down after. I used to pre-bolus meals last year. He was really good at eating, and so last year I had really fantastic control. Right. His A1C from the year before was at no, not even year before the the months before was at I think nine or ten, and then I had gotten it down to seven, and uh, which is. Man, that's okay, a, that's a nice, well, that's a nice reduction to, from nine to ten to seven. Yeah, really, really wonderful. Exactly. Yeah, so, and so uh, last year was fantastic, and then this year, uh, he started this whole eating phase, and then now he only wants like uh, to eat sugar and stuff like that because he knows that if I give him the insulin, that's what he's going to get. You know. So right now he's spiking up, crashing down. You're over. Mm-hmm. You're over treating the low and sending mm-hmm. him back. So you're just jumping up and down all day long. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, so the first meal is the end of the day. It just ruins everything until you get all the food out of him, get him stable, yeah. and put him to bed. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And also the physical activity. Some days he's running around and climbing my walls. Other days he's just sitting there watching TV. So yeah, yeah. it's hard. It's hard with a six-year-old. No, I, I don't disagree. It is, uh, it's not easy. And like I said, excuse me, like I said, with a pump, you could at least put a little bit in and yeah. st- stop the big spike, but 
you know, in order to do that with MDI, you'd, you'd have to shoot him twice. Does he mind the shots? Um, yes and no. He says, he says no, but I hurt him sometimes. Like when I give him the injections, I can see that it hurts him. Hmm. But I know that he says no just because he's afraid of the pump. You think he doesn't want to make you feel bad? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, you know the answer, so the the rest of it's him wanting, yeah. wanting to eat more, you know, consistently, I guess. Um, yeah. I'm sorry that that's a, a struggle. I, I do think he'll get a little older and it'll stop. I was going to say, I wonder if you didn't, I mean, he's so young, though. Like, I don't know how easy it is to, like, explain big ideas to a six-year-old. I don't remember anymore. Uh, but, you know, like, what if you said to him, look, it's fine if you don't eat everything, but, you know, we're just going to, we're going to inject twice then to be sure that yeah. we don't get you too high or too low. I wonder if eventually he wouldn't just, it sounds kind of, I don't know how this sounds actually, but I wonder if to avoid the second shot, if he wouldn't just eat his lunch, ex for as no. an example. No, he wouldn't care. He wouldn't care. So is he not no. hungry or is he distracted? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Well, uh, good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no trouble. Um, is there a lot of, I'm trying to figure out what made you so emotional hearing about Arden's. Um, well, it was, like seizure. I said, it was really just hearing about the lows and the, the, like the scary low, because I've had those so many times. I've luckily avoided seizures after his diagnosis, mm -hmm. but like it just brought back my own memories of uh, the times that I've had to shove everything I could find in his mouth while he's, like half conscious and uh, it just, it really like, it really just made me want to reach out and just kind of say, you know, I feel you and to let others hear my story about how many times I've shoved things in his mouth while he was uh, dropping down to the floor and uh, you know, let just, just basically I wanted to let other parents know that it's normal to be scared and that it's going to take time to get used to it because I see on all these Facebook groups and stuff like that, these support groups, all these parents saying like, a, oh, is it ever going to get better? And it doesn't, but you learn to adjust. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, I was actually recommended your podcast in one of those Facebook groups. Wow. And nice. I'd say for me personally, it took about two years to feel comfortable, like okay, and four years to feel confident. Now I change his ratio, his ratios and his doses and stuff like that myself. I don't call his team anymore right. because I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it just, uh, it was just really like emotional for me to listen to you when you were talking about with the video and you caught the low while you were feeding, you were like feeding her and you decided to post it on your website or whatever. And like, I've been there, I've done that. And well, I it's, just, it's so much more difficult when they're that small too, right? I mean, at eight yeah. months old, at eight months old, what did he weigh? Oh God, 17 to 20 pounds, yeah, maybe. Right. And then probably didn't gain that much weight over the next year or so even. No, no. Right. I mean, right. now at six, he's only at 50 pounds. Right. Right. He's small to begin with. Do you ever have his thyroid checked? Yep. Every year at his uh, annual checkup. Would you tell me what his TSH is? Do you know? I don't know. Sorry. I Everything's normal though. She told me. Yeah. Be she told me the number, but last time, but I can't remember. Do, do me a favor the next time you dig out that number if it's over two but they're calling it normal mm -hmm. 
why don't you press them to medicate him? I I know they okay. want to call that normal, but um, over two, like over 2.1, there's a thyroid episode you could listen to that would tell okay. you. But over about 2.1, 2.2, if he, he could be having um, symptoms and you wouldn't know. And, and I'll tell you that Arden was the tiniest person in her school. And then we figured out she had a thyroid issue. She got on the thyroid replacement and that it, she's like Arden's five, seven now. But okay. but at 10, 11, 12 years old, Arden was like 5'3". She weighed like 75 pounds. Okay. And so um, I just know that a lot of doctors will say, no, that's in range. Like they'll call a 4 TSH in range because I guess technically it is in – it's in the – it's in the – it's in range. There are some hospitals that won't medicate it to like an 8, which, yeah. is, which is insane. But, you know, who knows? Like I wonder if – I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but I would check if I was you. Okay. That's all. I'll, I'll ask next time I go. Yeah. Yeah. And if it comes back higher than two or so and you like write me, I'll, I'll, I'll point you to the right stuff and, and, and let you make a decision for yourself. But, you know, I mean, is he lethargic? Does he lose his hair? Does he have trouble? Is he constipated? No, none no. of that. No. Okay, good. Well, that's good. May, I, maybe I'm a hundred percent wrong. That'd be great if I was. Um, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, right. You need something to go good. Um, do you worry about getting diabetes? Um, yeah, I do. I mean, it's all in my family, and I'm not gonna lie. I don't have the best eating habits, so I know I'm not helping myself. So I am worried, but at least if ever I do get it, I'll have him by my side with me. You know. Well, yeah, you can definitely do it together. That's for sure. But I just yeah. with both <laughs> of your parents having it, and your mom having the end that she had. And your son yeah. and your son getting, I just wondered, like, if you, you know, if it was something you worried about, it, would you call it a constant concern or just something you're aware of? No, just something I'm aware of. Okay. I don't really live my life worrying like that. Yeah. If it comes, it comes and I'll live with it when I have to. Gotcha. Well, you'll definitely know when it happens. Yep. If it yep. happens, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. You've got enough, you've got enough practice. <laughs> Thanks for your wishful thinking. No, well, I'm yeah, sorry, I just misspoke. I, I don't necessarily think you're getting <laughs> diabetes. Um, is it um, difficult? How how are you finding school? He just must have started school recently, right? Um, well, you are gone. Your voice disappeared, Crystal. You're not there right now. Can you hear me? There you are. Okay. It's It was difficult, but they take really good care of his diabetes. The only thing that's kind of enraging for me is that we don't really have any like trained staff. There's no nurse. There's no nothing like that. Um, I know in the States you guys have like your 504 plans or whatever it is, mm -hmm. but we don't really have that here, at least not that I know of. We have our Canadian equivalent, but it doesn't really do much. Like in the States, it's really a lot more severe there. Okay. And um I mean, the staff that are there, they do the best that they can, but I just really wish we could have someone like on him 24-7, so that way it's not a... Well, how, how does it work then? Because he's six. I mean, is he, is he giving himself shots? Yes. At the moment, he gives it to himself. And do you guys so, go back and forth like through text or something? No. We call his school at lunchtime, mm -hmm. and he gives... Actually, his father's calling right now because I'm on with you. Um, his father's calling right now, and he's going to tell... The nurse to put him on the phone, not the nurse, sorry, the secretary to put him on the phone. Right. And then uh, he gives it himself and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, I, if this is 
too personal. Don't answer me. But are you and his father together? No. No. Okay. Um, do you split time with him? Does he go yep. to his? Is the management? Does the management change from one home he, to the other? Yeah. How so? Yeah. If you're able to say this, the the sugars at his father's house are much more out of control than at my house because I don't really allow snacking in my house, and he does, and also I don't really give um, a lot of junk food, and he kind of just lets like whatever and deal with the consequences later. So there's uh, nothing there's, is that a conversation? Have you ever had a conversation with him? And oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Doesn't help much. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a very common issue. Um, mm-hmm. I know that for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, However, my wife takes better control of his sugars than I do. Uh, it's like she was born to be his mother. I don't understand. She's phenomenal with the sugars. Okay. Oh, so there is somebody who uh, is she mostly? Oh, who who's mostly involved when when he's with you? Her. Her. Okay. Yeah. His father just calls the school because he has the time. Wow. That sounded. <laughs> that <laughs> statement sounds like there's a half an hour worth of complaining you could do afterwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has the time. <laughs> but it's not why we're here. So we'll skip over that. Yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> you made me laugh. That's another story. Yeah, yeah no, you made me laugh when you said that. I was like, oh, I think I know what she means by that. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Hold on. You took me by surprise. Give me a second. Okay. Take a drink. <laughs> ah, you took me by surprise. With that. that was great. Um <laughs> Uh, okay. That's funny. Um, so do you think he'll go for a pump or like, what's his, what's his, what's holding him back at this point? I don't know. I, I, I hope he will eventually one day because he has the Dexcom Mm -hmm. and I know that he's happier that we don't prick him as often. I still do check him sometimes just to make sure that it's accurate. And, uh, sometimes if his Dexcom is having a sensor fail, I'll use the thing until it comes back online or until I change it, whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know he's happier that he has to be pricked less. And I'm trying to get him to understand that, you know, my son is like really, really sensitive to carbs. And if I give him like 10 carbs, he's going to jump up, which isn't much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for every time I feed him, I have to give him insulin and then give him insulin again to correct after. And you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So uh, have you told him that like, like have you gone through it and said, hey, if we had a pump, we wouldn't Mm -hmm. have to do the shots and you'd be. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell him it would be easier to snack? <laughs> I've, I've, you know what? I might bring that up. That might help, actually. He's you always know. hungry. This kid is like a sixteen-year-old in a six-year-old body. I don't understand. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe that would help him. Like, um, just kind of, I don't know, just get a clear, like, big picture understanding of the whole thing. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you just have to find a way to say it to him that matter- in a way he understands. Yeah, that matters to him. You, yeah. you know, for, forget understanding it. He's probably understanding what you're saying. He doesn't care. You know, you gotta find, <laughs> yeah. you gotta find, like, I, I'd be like, Hey, you know, when this happens and we don't, you know, we don't do this, it's because we have to inject. And, but I don't know what you could do to get him moving in that direction. Cause the truth is, I mean, listen, if you put a pump on him and he hated it, I don't imagine you'd make him stay on it, but no, you no, know, of course not. I, yeah. I think that tr- my expectation would be that once he gets on it, you know, a week or two later, 
he's not going to remember not wanting it. And yeah, it's true. That's kind of what we did with the Dexcom. Kind of just forced the bond. And I said, listen, just try it for a week. Yeah. If you don't like it, we can take it off. And he's he likes it now. It doesn't even hurt him to put it on. It's crazy. Right. This big needle in this tiny little body. And I'm like, wow, you just take it like a champ. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I have to tell you, like, you know, what I usually say on the podcast is that... Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm not into letting kids make medical decisions. I mean, I, I, I don't want to do something they absolutely don't want to do, but a lot of times, you know, kids just, yeah. think, you know, listen, I'm saying kids, people in general, <laughs> forget yeah. kids, you know, everybody's resistant to change. I mean, yeah. if you want to make people like, you know, make an adult upset, change the way Facebook looks, people like lose their minds. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's so true. Oh my god, they, they moved the button. I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why did they change the color? Where's this at? Like it, it's it's you'd think that you'd think it was the end of the world. And um and I think that everyone's like that. I think change is hard for people, but the truth mm-hmm. is is I don't know. You know, I, I've been through a lot of bad things in my life, and in this moment, I don't remember any of them. So same. Yeah, right. So you know, here's the pump, we're wearing it. <laughs> What what makes this right for you, kid? I'd start dealing yeah. dollar bills into his hand, or not dollar bills. What do you got? Loonies <laughs> up there or something like that? I'd start, yeah. I'd start ripping those loonies into his hand till he looked happy. I was like, there you go. We're pumped. <laughs> You're fine. We'll go out and spend this money afterwards. Uh, get yourself something nice, kid. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm okay with bribing children <laughs> in certain <laughs> situations. <laughs> I mean, not for everything, but I mean, because if you could put him in a position where he'd understand it, you know, maybe a week or two later, he'd say, hey, isn't this great? We haven't stuck you with a needle in, you know, forever. Um, Yeah, He might be be thrilled by it. And then all of a sudden, you can pre-bullish your meals better. Then all of a sudden, you can, you know, it just changes everything. Yeah. It really does. So I've heard. Yeah. I'm I'm also going to, I'm also not going to lie. I'm a little afraid of the pump, too, just because I'm afraid of pump failures. But I know with the Dexcom, I don't have to like worry yeah. about that because I'll see if there's a pump failure. I'll see his sugar is rising. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that was always a fear of mine too. So I understand his fear, but I also think that it would be better if he did. You know what I mean? At least try. It's so interesting because that is everyone's fear. Yeah, because it's terrifying. <laughs> Except that, do you ever see it? Like, like when's the last time you like? popped onto like a Facebook group and you heard about the scores and scores of people whose pumps failed all the time. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't really happen with any great frequent. I mean, I listen, I oversee a Facebook group with like 25,000 people in it. Oh boy. I, I don't know the last time I saw somebody say, Hey, my pump stopped working and I didn't get insulin and I went into DKA. I, I haven't oh. like, I get the concern, but to your point, you're always aware of what his blood sugar is with the Dexcom. You're not going to get too far away from not having insulin before you know it. True. You know, that's all. I mean, I, I get the concern. Uh, but I don't think it's going to really rear its head in your life, though. Yeah, it's like a one in a million chance. I don't know the, I don't know the odds, Crystal. But um, I think it's uncommon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. At least in my um, experience. I mean, Arden's been using an Omnipod. That's the one I want. Okay. Well, there you go. She's been using an Omnipod since she's four. She's almost 18. So that's 14 years. And we once had a bent cannula where she wasn't getting enough insulin. And uh, her blood sugar was rising. We saw that it was rising. It happened overnight. We did sleep through it for a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. We got got her up. We overhydrated her, got her ketones back down again, and, you know, put a new pump on her. And, but my point is, is that 
I mean, what is my point? Hold on. I'm going to pull up a cal- <laughs> I'm going to pull up a calculator here to make my point. Uh, Arden's been using it basically for 14 years, right? There are mm-hmm. 365 days in a year. You put a pod on about every three days. So divided by three, you wear 121 pods a year times 14 years. Arden's worn about 1,700 pods, and one of them had a bent cannula. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Well, when you put it that way, it's a lot yeah. less scary. You mean you mean when you think about it realistically? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, to me, that's that. I, I don't know. I get the pump. I don't look back. But um, we'll see. I'll bring it up to him tonight. Yeah. Listen, tell him the guy on the podcast said to do it. <laughs> he don't know. It's, it's, I guess I'll have to show him the podcast as proof. 2022. <laughs> people on TikTok look famous to him. You know what I'm saying? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I saw something the other day. This girl, I don't know. Crystal, listen. It, it seems to me that uh, girls on TikTok are making money bouncing up and down. That seems to be what's happening. <laughs> And I saw a video somewhere. I don't. And I, and my daughter's like, "What is that?" I'm like, "I don't know." I'm like, "What is this girl doing?" And she goes, "Oh, I think she's trying to make money." And I was like, "Gotcha." And then I, she goes, "Is that?" And then she says the girl's name. I'm like, "You know that person?" And she's <laughs> like, "I don't know her, know her, but I know her name." I'm like, "You know, you know someone's name because they wear a loose shirt and bounce up and down on TikTok." And she's <laughs> like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Well, the world's very strange." You know how hard George Clooney had to work to be George Clooney. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out now. Nowadays, the internet blows up with the most random things possible. Super easy. I'm just saying, you you let my voice come out of a speaker, that kid will think, oh, I have to listen to him. That's true. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but what the heck? You know what I mean? <laughs> if it um, works, it works, though. Hey, listen, Nick, I go with what works. So Crystal, <laughs> tell me, is there is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to? Um. Not that I can think of. I spoke about his diagnosis. I spoke about his scary lows. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to dig a little more into that if you feel comfortable that we've gone yeah, over. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Sure. So sure. from eight months, Josh, geez, isn't this crazy? Eight months old to six or seven. He's almost seven, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So basically six-ish years, a little more, the kids had diabetes. But you've yeah. been through so many different versions of type one, like with an infant, with a toddler, mm-hmm. um, with yeah. a young child. Like it's just, it probably feels like you've started over a half a dozen times. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really hard. Every growth spurt that he goes to, it's like I'm back at the beginning and I have no idea what to do. Right. Yeah. Because cause... the the insulin, the hormones change the insulin so much, and it. Sometimes it gets uh, used up like crazy and I can give him no insulin and he'll be dropping low super fast. Other days I can give him like so much insulin and it goes nowhere. Uh, it's It really is like, I'm just I'm thinking about it. You really have, you've raised like three or four different people with diabetes already. <laughs> like seriously, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and it's going to keep changing. Like it's, Yeah, like, I'm so scared for when he's a teenager. Yeah, when you're 40, you're going to have the wisdom of like a 100-year-old person. (laughs) (laughs) That's just on my life experiences alone, not including him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we haven't gotten into that yet. But but I just, like, I mean, how many lows do you think you saw in the first couple of years that were frightening to you? Frightening ones? The ones that really burned into my memory, you mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Good question. Hold on. 
I'd say at least a good handful, right. maybe one, two, three, I'd say about four or five of the really scary, scary ones. How much? The of, ones where I narrowly avoided hospitals. How much of them, how many of those do you think were made more frightening by your age? By my age or his age? Yours. I mean, his is obvious, but... Like I don't know though you you sound like you might have had a tough life like I'm I'm guessing so like maybe you're a little more grown up than than some people are when they're 21 and 22 years old but my son is 22 if I put him in charge of a hamster I'm not sure it would be alive so I'm you know you're you're 21 22 years old with an eight month old a one year old who has diabetes working just with a meter and shots like are you like some kind of like super mature person or were you freaking out? Oh, uh, I mean, I was freaking out, but I was ready to have a child, whether they were healthy or disabled or whatever. So I was ready for whatever came my way. And I just kind of took it in stride, did what I had to do, did it all again the next day and uh, managed it as best as I could. Good for so, you. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> um, wonderful. What were you going to say? I said, that's wonderful. Why do you doubt yourself? You're so confident otherwise. I don't really doubt myself, to be honest. It's it, it, no, I don't really doubt myself with his diabetes. It's just, um, it's just hard to to like, you know. I try as much as I can to get his sugars under control, and like, I just don't see results, and it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating, especially when I'm looking at a Dexcom and it's a freaking roller coaster ride. It's like, man, I'm giving it my all, and it's just like doing what it wants, you know. Yeah, yeah no, I understand. I and I used the wrong word. I said doubt. I meant before, like you, you. It felt like you were punishing yourself a little bit, like. Um, well, I mean, you know, mom guilt. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Right, that thing is very, yeah. very, very real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big There's, time. You can't get away from it. I don't know what happens nope. the minute the baby comes out. You just lose your mind. <laughs> yep, nothing I can do is ever good enough. Uh, it never goes away, apparently. So good luck. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> My children are like you know, pretty grown at this point. I still look at my wife. I'm like, what are you beating yourself up about right now? Like, <laughs> like well, I hope one day I'll be able to let it go because I know, like, I know logically speaking that it's normal that a 21 year old would miss a diagnosis of a child. Like the day that I brought him to the hospital, I didn't even notice anything was wrong with him. I, I just thought he, okay. Hold on, let me explain my story a little better. So the day that he was brought to the hospital, I was out at breakfast with my friends. And he was really like lethargic. And I this will forever be burned into my brain. And it's a huge trauma for me. Um, we were at the table and the waitress brought us um, water to drink. Mm -hmm. And he took my huge mason glass and he chugged it all. And he was eight months old. You know, they're not supposed to drink that much water. And I was like, oh, my God, that's really weird. But it was like 40-something degrees Celsius. And I figured, you know, we're just in the middle of a heat wave. He's just really hot. And he was lethargic. And he wasn't really, like, getting up at the table like he normally was. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of um, attributed to, like, a heat wave. He's just tired. Maybe he's cranky. Didn't sleep well the night before. He was nursing all night long that night. And my friend picked him up because he was crying after he drank all the water and she was like, something's wrong with him. I'm like, really? Are you sure? Like, you know? And uh, so she just kind of consoled him and uh, 
later on, it went about my day as normal. And then I realized later on in the day, after my friend had told me that something was wrong, and after witnessing an eight-month-old drink an entire mason jar of water, mm-hmm. sorry, later on, I had brought him home, and I realized that he was breathing as if he was running a marathon. Yeah. And his whole chest was sucking in, and I was like, my God, something really is wrong here. But it took me like the whole day to really realize that something was wrong with my freaking baby, like my own baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the one thing that I really can't forgive myself about, especially since I know the signs of diabetes. Wow. Crystal Arden looked like a zombie for a number of days before we figured it out. Like she just wandered around with a, she was only two and she wandered Mm -hmm. around. Like she weighed 17 pounds. She was two years old and she had a death, like a death stare, just a, like a thousand yard stare. You couldn't interact with her really. Um, she couldn't stand up for too long, and it still took oh. us days to figure out like what was up. Oh, girl, I know how you feel. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. It, it's. Uh, I mean, it is what it is, right? It already happened. There's no point in stressing over. It, but when I think about it, it really like tears me apart. I you understand. know what I mean? Uh, Thinking yeah. about the fact that someone else noticed before his own mother did, and then I went about my day just like kind of keeping an eye on him. And like not really realizing there was something actually seriously wrong until I went to the hospital. And then we were in the hospital for all of, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. Right. And then uh, the way it works at my hospital is that you have to go in, they triage you, and then you go to the waiting room and they're going to call you to see the doctor. And they have one specific room that you're supposed to go back into if your condition worsens or changes, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we had been triaged and then we were sent to the um, waiting room and I went back in because he just kind of like collapsed in my arms and he was, I don't want to say conscious because he wasn't really conscious, but his eyes were open and I was like, something's really wrong with my baby. Like you guys got to help me. And then, so they did a quick urine test, I think, or a blood test. And they told me that he has type one diabetes. And after that, they were trying to get him like set up with the insulin drips and sugar drips and whatever. And he was just like screaming and crying in my arms. And then he, passed out and then they told me that they would let me know if he ever woke up and i was like wow that's crazy yeah yeah so that's why i feel so guilty i know but i'm gonna say something completely (laughs) obvious to you that's not obviously it's easier said than done but you're gonna have to get past that you know you don't want to keep beating yourself up about that because look where you are now you did a good you're doing a good job bringing his a1c down you're aware of why you're having the issues that you're having so it's not like you're Mm -hmm. just lost you know what's going on and you know how to fix it and you know and you have a pathway to maybe figuring it out with a pump it sounds like and he's yeah, gonna get I hope old, so. and he's going to get older and it's going to be easier for him to you know it's going to be easier for you to say look you know I, I listen I don't care just eat this you, you, you know yeah. and, and and he'll listen and um I mean and you've been through something that's so terrible and so difficult the rest of it might end up seeming easy you might be one of those people who just laughs like you know like oh yeah this isn't hardly anything compared to when he was two years old or three years old. yeah that's pretty much where i'm at (laughs) yeah wow all right crystal um i'm gonna ask you one more question before i let you go yeah i cannot figure out your accent completely so you're obviously french canadian but at the end of your words you sound spanish for a second spanish no but no, but you're not, right? I'm just French Canadian. Yeah, just, I'm just an I'm an Anglophone in a French. Say it again. Province. I'm an Anglophone in a French province, okay. so I'm English speaking. 
but I guess I just pick up some of their mannerisms because I've been here my entire life. Yeah, there's just a little at the end of your words sometimes. I'm like, I know she's not, but it sounds like a little. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out what the rest of it was. You're born where you live? Yep. Yeah. Born and raised. Very cool. That's excellent. I love people's accents. I think they're they're super interesting. So do I. Yeah, I think I find them incredibly interesting. Mine must seem very boorish to you. But um, you just sound American. I, oh, do I? Oh, perfect. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Uh, hold on one second for me. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O. K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I also want to thank U.S. Med for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and remind you that all you have to do to get started with U.S. Med is go to usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. And don't forget, touchedbytype1.org. If you're looking for a great community around diabetes, check out the Juice Box Podcast on Facebook. It's Juice Box Podcast Type 1 Diabetes, a private group that is completely free for you to enter and use with over 32,000 members in it. It is a jump in place with great people. You're going to find answers to your questions, and you're going to see conversations that you will find interesting, thought-provoking, and educational. If you're looking for some of those popular management series from the Juicebox Podcast, head over to juiceboxpodcast.com. Go up to the menu at the top where you'll find links to the Mental Wellness, Diabetes Variables, Diabetes Pro Tip, Defining Thyroid, Defining Diabetes, Bold Beginnings, Algorithm Pumping, Ask Scott and Jenny, After Dark, and links to so much more right at the top of the page. I want to thank you so much for sharing the show and for listening and subscribing and following and all the wonderful things that you do to support the podcast. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.